Ladies and gentlemen, the Ukrainian chorus Dumka of New York. Hello, people. It's actually me and Ken talking about things. Um, it's episode 54 of Tangential Convergence, and I don't know what else to say because we haven't done this in a long time. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Okay. It's cold, yeah. but getting warmer. Yeah. We had a weird... Uh weather advisory it was for 3 to 4 p.m only because we were supposed to get this burst of like two centimeters of snow or something okay it was the weirdest sort of shortest weather alert i've ever seen like who gets fussed about two centimeters of snow for an hour yeah there it was especially coming from here right yeah Um, it's like only two centimeters an hour yeah i mean it's funny because we got well we just went through one and they kept saying that something was going to happen it's going to be horrible and it's like it's been windy, but it's completely sunny. Yeah. So it's very strange that it's it's. Uh, but I am at the point of the winter where the snow is. Yeah. A third of the way up my front one of our front windows. So. I would say between between getting snow dumps and then getting just absolutely pouring rain, oh, which that. then ices up. There's probably eight inches of the snow on the front lawn, and it's just it's probably all ice actually. Oh my god! Poor <laughs> guy. It was it was. We came out of this the other week, came out of work late at night, and it was, like, I was soaked by the time I got to the parking garage, like, I, oh it's like January, and it's just a deluge of rain. I couldn't believe it. No good. No good. Uh, could be worse. We could have a deluge of Russian missiles. See how I did that? Yes. That's pretty good, right? You're apparently not supposed to point those out. That really ruins the whole thing. Yeah, I heard you got, like, a soft caution on twitter i did i got uh, <laughs> I, I i kept calling out people as uh, russian assets and told them to fuck off which is just like that uh russian um uh, when that russian ship went, approached what's that island? yeah what's it called but snake island snake island something like that yeah it sounds like like it should be like the horrors of snake island or the tomb of snake island or adventures like metal gear solid yeah <laughs> um but yeah so i got a thing I, it was just saying something was restricted i think fewer people see what i oh they i think that's all it is uh, just last 12 right. hours so but I, I said exactly the same thing but with two to two different people right, right in a row and i think that's right. what it was um right so that's how my freedom's been um impinged upon today <laughs> whereas the people of ukraine um now, I, Steve, our you know mutual friend and friend of the show, Steve Cloutier, has described mm-hmm. this to me as the 1938-1918 reboot. <laughs> mm. And I don't know which one it's more like. I mean, Good question, because, I mean, if it's more like, well, it depends. I mean, yeah, neither, I end, I, well, well, neither yeah. end well. <laughs> well, 18, of course, is, you know, you're thinking yeah. about you got a pandemic. Um, and the world realigning itself, yeah. right? Uh, and 38, of course, is unthinkable, and I don't want to, so I don't want to think about it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we had the news today that uh, Putin uh, declared that the strategic uh, deterrent forces, I think they, they changed their name all the time over there, um, if you yeah. put them in a higher state of alert. Yeah. Uh, though apparently the US has announced that they've seen nothing. Right. Which tells me it's just BS Um, because, you know, his MO, Putin's MO through all these things is always threaten something horrible and then get something small. The weird thing is this time he's said, I won't do something. And then he attacked 
Yes. Yeah. The, the initially it was going to be like a, a peace, a quote unquote, peacekeeping in the, the two contested areas. Yeah. That's what, that and that's what I figured was, and then that's it what I figured was like happening Thursday. A general yeah. invasion, like with a, with a thrust directed from Belarus right to Kiev. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, <laughs> in a lot of respects, I mean, I, I don't know. People have been amazed at the, uh, defense, uh, the, the, mm-hmm. the uh, of, of Ukraine, um, and there's demonstrations all over the world now. Uh, you know things like that, and and unlike, I mean, if if you want to go back to World War II, un- unlike Poland, which after about three days it was pretty clear this was thing was going to be over and it was going to be bad. Um, I mean, Russia can end this. Oh yeah. And I don't mean by quitting. I mean they can end this by putting their whole army there. They're one of the largest military forces in the world. Um, but do it, they want to start losing? Do they want another Vietnam? Is the question. Well, and it's like maybe it's a bit of a miscalculation that. Um, <laughs> yeah, just a know, little. I think <laughs> we'll just we'll do this. We said we would do this piecemeal, quote unquote, peacekeeping thing, but we would seize these territories. But oh, maybe it's maybe the whole thing's a rotten structure. So we'll just go for it with, I don't know. It's a miscalculation on that part, or is it Russian military trying to slow foot their way? Because it's not not like, it's not all terrible, but I think you're right. Like if they just ram tanks through at high speed and unleash their entire air force and all the rest of it, I think it would be uh, much different. Yes. So, you know, is that part of a miscalculation or a deliberate strategy? you know, not to get into a Vietnam or just a compromise that satisfies either condition. Yeah, I guess it could be. I mean, the thing that, I mean, I, they clearly thought it would have gone more easily because I mean, yeah. And I, I mean, and Western intelligence estimates expected it to go more easily too. Yeah. Um, they don't have air supremacy. Um, there's, you know, still Ukrainian air force is still flying, though not much. Um, yeah. But this is, I mean, the obvious comparison here is the 2003 invasion of Iraq. Mm. And this is nothing like it, <laughs> uh, it other than it's wrong. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like the on the ground, how things are going. Um, yeah. You got a couple things here. You don't have a, you have a population here that's extremely motivated because they have a democratically elected government. I think that's a huge thing and i think i don't think russian i don't not russians but i don't think putin and his uh i was going to say cabinet but let's go with the word yes men gang um, gang, gang yeah his yeah. family uh, yeah because it's almost like that they're running a mob operation um i think they they don't understand how much people like the idea of having a democratically elected government and they thought, well, this will just be like our version of Iraq, except we're just going to envelop the place and take it over or, you know, install a government. Or their experience has been they had a democratic experiment. It wasn't going terrifically well. and People, yeah. you know, did not like the loss of status and the fact that they're, you know, they're no, they're no longer what they, they were. So, yeah. you know, so it, it, gravitated towards oligarchs and then more of a a one leader <laughs> state who was elected four times out of the last five elections and the the middle one was only because at the time the constitution required him not yeah. to be president perpetually 
So, and then their experience with their client state Belarus, where it's like the same thing mm-hmm. um, and maybe a miscalculation on the fact that, uh, yeah, they, the people in Ukraine, um, even though they, you know, ousted a, an elected president in 2014, kind of really liked the way their country was going. And also perhaps, you know, miscalculating that not everyone who used to be part of the Soviet Union would like to be part of Russia again. Yeah. Like I mean, sometimes it's just yeah. like, I mean, it's so weird because they using the, you know, uh, accusations of ultranationalism and neo-Nazism. And it's like, well, yeah, that, that's, that's completely wrong and terrible, but you know, yeah. but being like, sort of like wanting to have your own free nation and being a nationalist in that way is probably, you know, like, what else would you expect? I saw some millennial yeah. reporter who does stuff for BuzzFeed and stuff like ask this question, like other than the logistical problems, like why wouldn't we just airlift 40 million people out of Ukraine and I give the land to Russia? And I'm like, would you like to be airlifted out of where you live? Yeah, this <laughs> is my home. Yeah. yeah, it's like, why? I get it. You know, there's, there's a lot of trumped up reasons that people say, oh, you should die for this, die for that. But it's like, you know, if you like you live there all your life and you want to continue living there, like why should you give it up? Yeah. So I yeah. feel like it has a potential to be more like 18 in the sense that mm-hmm. uh, if you look at the, uh, the French helping Poland after in 17, 18, 19 and the continuation sort of the war there mm-hmm. where the Poles looked like they're on the verge of defeat. And then there was sort of a miracle uh, I can't remember which river it was on. There's a miracle on whatever. And then they kind of, they threw the Red Army out. Right. So it could be maybe like that. Okay. That's an, that's an interesting take. So yeah, like with the whites versus the reds kind of thing. And the, 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 the poles become a, a de facto state country. and eventually a real state. Yeah. They, they maintain the, as the reds try and sort of recapture imperial territory. Yeah. Um, and look like they were about to do it and retake their their uh, Poland mm-hmm. uh, with help from Western powers like France because De Gaulle was there during that and mm-hmm. was it Gamelin was there too or Wigand yes. one of the one two of anyway two, yeah yeah was there too helping out as sort of as military advisor and I think De Gaulle actually got involved uh, in a little bit of action that he wasn't supposed to as an advisor so yeah that was that was but, kind you know of that, the story that, of his life but yeah yeah so that could be yeah just deciding the way yeah. things are going to go. Yeah, exactly. It's very much his MO. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is that when you think about, um, like I said, like you said, rather, it's more like 18, we'll say, than 38 in that the world actually is doing something. I mean, everybody stood around yeah. when, with, I don't yeah. include the Anschluss of Austria because I, I, I'm, I'm of the quasi- controversial opinion that Austria wanted that um, majority of Austrians. Uh, they weren't victims, but that's, that's my, that's not a common opinion. Well, not uncommon either. We, we don't treat that. We treat them as a victim. Yeah. We, um, we don't treat that historically quite the same for whatever reason. Yeah. I don't know why, yeah. um, but you look at Czechoslovakia, yeah. right? So it, this is where it gets somewhat similar in that, you know, you've got uh, the Sudeten land being given up Um and without the Czechs even, you know, uh, 
doing without them even having a representative at Munich. And then, you know, they just roll in. Uh, there was small amounts of, of resistance to the, um, yeah. to the Czechs. Uh, there was a couple of battles where, uh, again, untrained German, not untrained, but unex- inexperienced German troops ran into a really good military in, in the Czechoslovakian yeah. army. Yeah, good, a good medium, small, medium-sized military yeah. with good equipment. Yeah, and they, you know, they, they, they took some guys out. Um, and interestingly, the Germans did a lot, in a lot of respects, what the R- Russians, it seemed like they were trying to do at one point, when you, when you see some of these videos of them rolling in, and then people coming out and talking to them, and them not yeah. doing anything. Yeah, you know, um, I think part of it is they know that they're being videoed all the time. They probably were told, "Don't, don't do yeah. anything. You're being filmed always, and it will end up on Twitter, or, or even worse for them, Telegram." Um, but there was some of that in the Czech Republic. But then there was also some fighting back. I think they expected more something like that. People mm-hmm. go, "Well, what are we going to do? Tanks?" And you know, um, in fact, that's not what people did. They 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 took up arms, and of course, the Ukrainian army has had eight years of experience fighting uh in the east on and off um mm-hmm. in those and quite recently an influx of advisors yes and uh lethal or, you know to armor and yeah. vehicles and like different kinds of missile systems that are quite advanced and quite straightforward to use yeah javelins things like that yeah. uh and yeah and these things have been i mean just today sweden had said they will they will send uh I believe it's a thousand anti-tank weapons. Sweden, neutral Sweden. Um, Switzerland too is going to probably freeze assets. Yeah. Yeah. And see when, when I I don't think people understand that when, when, when Germany did all this stuff, Germany was already having an, uh, an economy that was an autarky, right? Like it, it, there there was no foreign trade with Germany. No one wanted to trade with Germany, not, I didn't say nobody, but it wasn't a lot. So they're pretty self-sufficient. Um, whereas, uh, the Russians actually, their whole economy depends on trading gas and oil. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you take that away, you know, um, they have, then they have no money. Uh, I have a friend in Russia and I, I haven't talked to him since maybe Friday. Um, but I mean, he wants to come to Canada. Like he's yeah. in the process of immigrating. Like he's, in fact, he probably would be here without COVID. It right. hit and it was like well, him and his family couldn't come, but, um, you know, and he's got a bunch of savings so they can last a couple of years while and it's like, uh, dude, I don't know if you have any savings yeah. anymore. So I hope, hope he's okay. Um, so there's the difference. There weren't economic, there were economic sanctions, but Germany didn't necessarily have to care because they had a self-sufficient modern economy. Well, um, and the other thing is too, I don't think uh, what I find interesting in the last 48 hours or so is the scale of sanctioning that goes beyond it's just really say, amazing uh, actually like with companies divesting themselves of or or us you know the state of new york or bp, BP getting out yeah. of getting out of um, uh, their investments with uh, russian oil and gas mm-hmm. but also just like places closing airspace places like, uh, oh, like it's all so of bad Europe and canada and the uk yeah <laughs> the only holdout is really fifa <laughs> doing an ioc I style <laughs> i know I, in you fact know, not to, have the, to play in a neutral country under the uh the federate uh the, the football union of russia it's like um none of those countries they think are neutral want no to play them no. or have them 
like I think the scale, like I think in the whole, like the SWIFT banking mechanism and all of that, I think everyone always thought, well, we can't do that. Like no one would ever do that because it'll hurt, you know, everyone too much. And yep. then suddenly that dam broke. And now I think my opinion is, mm-hmm. my in expert opinion is <laughs> that the, the, you know, the signaling for the media, at least that Russia was activating its deterrent force or putting on a higher alert is a reaction to just the dramatic escalation in economic and other types of non-state well, he's, he's, he's got nothing he can like he, he can't reply with well i won't sell you any more stuff it's like well no that we were already going to do that yeah <laughs> and and we yeah. don't like most of your stuff or like john, you can't fly yeah. to our country it's like well we weren't going to we anyway, were going to so, anyway yeah, yeah. you know what was it john mccain used to call he said <laughs> russia was a gas station with nukes um <laughs> which is <laughs> a little bit harsh but i have a lot of I give a lot of leeway to a guy that spent a couple of years in the Hanoi Hilton. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's something that I guess it's the only thing they have left to say. I, what I, I said on Twitter the other day that one of the things about the Soviets was, I mean, they weren't good, but, but they were predictable. Yeah. Um, they had settled into a pattern. The Cold and, War and they had settled into a, a set of pattern. rules that, well, I don't think they were good rules, things like the Brezhnev Doctrine. Um, There were rules. The idea of rolling into another country was something that they just wouldn't, they wouldn't have done. Um, Well, except for the ones uh, that were. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Outside the sphere, right? So, yeah. And we can make, we can argue about Afghanistan, but one can make an argument and I'm not fond of that argument, but one can make an argument that Afghanistan was already in in the Soviet sphere, as far as their government politics, you can clearly make that out with, with, with Czechoslovakia and with Hungary. I think those things are all uh, morally abhorrent and wrong, but they never ruled into West Germany or Italy or Austria. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you also make the argument that by 1980, like, or like 79, 79, 78, 79, 80, like rolling into Afghanistan may actually represent a an example of not following your own rule mm-hmm. like because they're not you know they're not uh a not warsaw a warsaw pack country yeah that's right country like so almost like adventurism and in, in the last days of the last decade of mm-hmm. the soviet union right and that's is that a cause of downfall or a sign you know that's the yeah, crack little- in the system that they're beginning to do weird things like that that yeah. are not weren't predictable yeah yeah, a little from yeah. column A, a little from column B, I think there. I mean, yeah. um, and like I said, I, I, I hope people don't, don't think I was, I was for Afghanistan or for the uh, uh, crushing of, of the Prague Spring or the, or the Hungarian Revolution. But um, when you compare this to what happened, I, I mean, the closest thing we can think of in re- recent memory is the downfall of the Iron Curtain in 1989. And this just happens out of nowhere. And I mean, Brezhnev could have sent the tank, or sorry, Gorbachev could have sent the tanks in. Um, but he didn't. Yeah, because he realized it wouldn't work. You know, yeah, I, I miss I, I miss Gorbachev. Um, <laughs> nobody else does in, in Russia, I know, but uh, I miss him. But yeah, so I mean, this is I think the key difference is that you know what we have here is a a system that has it's not one party rule, it's one guy rule. The closest thing that, that this is 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 a is a, a an absolute monarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. I know there's a state Duma and I know that they, they enact laws, but they don't enact laws that do anything to Putin. No, um, no. 
they seem to gladly change the constitution whenever he wants to run for another term. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, you know, uh, we're, we're getting to a point here where it's, it's, it's a lot less like the Romulans and a lot more like the Cardassians or something like <laughs> they're, they're, you know, like, cause you think of Star Trek, the Romulans had a Senate. They had a, yes. The whole they had thing. Ca- councils. Yeah. Pro councils. Yeah. The whole Roman get up. The whole Roman thing. Yeah. yeah. The Cardassians, I don't think, had that kind of thing so much, right? Like they talked about how no. it's basically a military state, right? A military state uh, out of necessity and also just because of, you know, the military being the only, or like initially at least, you know, the organized yeah. structure, right? And then it, it, it solidifies. They have, of course, had been uh subjugated yes so they in reaction when they get their freedom create a, a militaristic secretive paranoid society with of yes. course the obsidian order yes and they treat everything through that lens because they're a military i don't know oligarchy yeah and this is what this is exactly what's going on here i think is a, the, the, the miscalculation here this is a miscalculation on the level of saddam hussein invading kuwait geopolitically you know, you can say that the Iraq war was wrong, which I'll say shout from the rooftops, but it wasn't, it didn't necessarily, George W. Bush served two terms. He didn't yes. pay a political, he may have eventually paid a political price for it, but, and it was, you know, it wasn't the right thing to do or anything. Um, but it's not the same here as there was miscalculation there. There were the, the neocons saying we'll be greeted as liberators. And they were for yeah. about three weeks. Oh, and they lied. Right. There's yeah. weapons of mass destruction yeah. and there's a direct tie between yeah, Al Qaeda and Saddam Hussein and all the rest of it. It's all yeah. a lie. That, that was the worst one was the, also they did nine 11. Seriously. They were totally involved. It's like, no, I don't think that's true. Stick to the weapons of mass destruction, which aren't there, but at least. <laughs> strict. Don't try and like create a perfect container for everything you want to do. Yeah. It's like, oh, what else can we add into this? Yeah. Also, I think he may, uh, he was, it was his fault that the original Star Trek was canceled. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He made, he made Babylon five move to TNT. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I mean, well, it, it was not the right thing to do and it, it, it wrecked the country and it destroyed a lot of people's lives um, and livelihoods it wasn't on the same kind of level. Right. I mean, this is, this is bizarre and that's what doesn't worry me necessarily. Um, But I, 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 my bigger worry is, is there anybody in Russia who will stand up to Putin and go, this has to stop now. There have been a few members of the elite have recently uh, posted pictures of Boris Nemtsov. Right. So some cracks there, and I guess, according to reports, uh, Putin sacked his chief of the general staff, Gerasimov, who's the oh. architect of the, that was yesterday. Indeed. Yes. So he was at that meeting, which was re- pre-recorded, where I think the defense minister and Gerasimov were there, Putin at the other end of the long table. No. Well, but at least he's socially distancing, and that's important. Wanting briefcases to get placed underneath the conference table too close to him. If only. Um, yeah. So who knows? It's hard. It's hard to read the tea leaves, right? Like it's part of the issue. I mean, I think it's fair to say that no one thought this would last this long. So that no, I thought I thought it'd be over in a couple of days. Uh, you know? um, the 
but it's hard because like you get nothing right out of any kind of Russian social media feed or no. news feed that isn't just propaganda. And the Ukrainian stuff looks good in the sense it looks like, okay, the defense is going well, but you, it's hard to, it's hard to judge it really is how things are going ultimately. And, you know, you get reports now, like every night it's sort of like, this is it. This is when the big push is coming. And I've seen some, um, feeds from uh, journalists sort of working on the ground, especially younger journalists working on the ground in Kiev and other places saying, you know, especially with Kiev, there's a big column lining up to, to make a drive and includes their Chechen mercenaries and all the rest of it. So it's just, it's hard to know. There's a, there's, I think there's a tremendous fog of war. Like I'm, oh, I'm sure. sure with, you know, intelligence assets and satellites and stuff that, NATO, NATO command probably know has a, has a better picture, um, but not that they're telling anyone that. So, yeah. I think what would be interesting is is if say Ukraine was forced to surrender, would we would the world stick with the sanctions to force Russia to give it back up? I've been thinking about this too because I mean the end game of this thing like we said before, is it can't, they can't hold out against the might of the entire Russian, I keep wanting to say Soviet armed forces. They can't <laughs> because there's just not, it's 10 times their size. You, you, that's not a thing. Um, but can, can Russia afford to deploy all their forces no, in one that's, area? That's the thing. Does Russia want to have, like I said, another Vietnam? Do they want to have yeah. or, you know, another Afghanistan? Do, do they want 50 or 60 or 80,000 Ru- Russian boys to die? Um, and you know, uh, now right now, Ukrainian, and we can take that with a grain of salt, but their ministry of defense say they've killed around 3000 Russian troops. If that's true, that's huge number. And again, let's compare it to when the Americans invaded and the Brits and the mm-hmm. Poles. And then I don't know, as <laughs> the old joke, we got a really big coalition. We got England. Great Britain and the United Kingdom. Um, <laughs> but what, you know, during that, you know, that whole war, 3000 Americans died. Yeah. Uh, and casually stacked up during the yes. insurgency. Yeah, exactly. You know, during the war itself, it was like everything went literally perfectly. It's the peace that they had the problem with. Uh, you know, that's uh, always the hardest part. I've, I've, I've always said to people, you know, there's, there's still Western troops in Germany. And that yeah. thing ended 70 odd years ago. You know, there's a reason there's still Western, there's still American troops in Japan. Yeah. Cause you kind of have South Korea. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's reasons for things. Uh, you can't just get up and leave, but um, yeah, I think the Russians just figured that they would do that. But if they, if it did collapse, I think the world would keep the sanctions on. It's the same thing we did with, you know, and I've been saying this since South this Africa. Thing started South Africa, yeah. you know, it took a while with South Africa because, well, well, racism, but also it took a while yeah. because there was more we people wanted from South Africa, right? There was more interaction with South Africa. There isn't any with Russia, like there, except for gas, which is a big thing. But, you know, I think the people of Europe, Western Europe, will understand that their gas bill is going to go up for a couple of years. And then once they get renewables back online and maybe get their damn nuclear reactors going again in, in Germany, um, you know, the weird thing this could lead to, in fact, is uh, more clean energy, which would be mm-hmm. wild. Um, but 
Yeah, I don't know. I think they. I think we would keep them on. I really do. Uh, I wonder if it does get to a point where we start saying things like, "Oh no, Russian hockey players can't play here anymore." I thought he, Dominic Hasek was calling for that. He was. That's right. Although Vechkin out, and then he said they should just like terminate all their contracts and well, yeah, get the rid thing of is, them. You don't terminate their contracts because the NHLPA would have something to say about that. What you do True. is you just say, "Oh, your work visa is canceled." The, the NHLPA can complain all they want to the Canadian and American government, but they that's don't have true. a whole lot of st- standing with Ottawa yeah. or Washington, really. Um, it would be bad for those guys yeah. not to be able to be millionaires here rather than millionaires in Russia. Yeah. Um, and the IIHF today uh, or tomorrow is going to discuss uh, banning Russia from everything in hockey and Belarus, but also anybody who plays in the KHL. So that would all right. these Canadian guys and, 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 and finish, there's a whole Finnish team, Jokerit play in the right. KHL. They might not want to be playing in that league anymore. Um, there's a team in, well, there's Red Star, uh, Kunlun from China. Um, they probably don't care. Of course, that's the other thing. China. What's what's China going to do, right? Watch and wait. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's my view you of it too. See uh, what pay, what might pay off best. I mean, you know, what else would you do, right? Yeah. Um, you got this long, long border with the with Russia and. China is not above grabbing territory either. <laughs> so it's no, true. I, I mean, just I yeah. think in terms of miscalculation too. You're mentioning the Finnish team. I think mm-hmm. Finland now has enough people who've voted to put something in front of the government to consider joining NATO. Yeah, but, but that's a huge miscalculation because Finland, you know, Sweden, they've all towed the line like they've been sort of nato adjacent and friendly and stuff but careful sometimes to elect the right people sometimes to you know not get too close just to keep well there's a whole term called finlandization i mean they don't like it in finland but um yeah and i understand totally why they did it but it was still not the right thing um but i get why they did it it was the right thing for the country but it's still probably the wrong move and i think maybe this is what Maybe this is the end game that Putin wants. Is I, I really don't think that. I think he wants to, the, to be part of the, the, the of Russia again. But you know, the idea of you could have a democratic country. That's fine. Just don't say the wrong thing. Right. Um, just do what I tell you to do. Just do what you're told, and you can have your little elections. Um, and it's never enough, right? Like it is never enough. Like then there's no. That's right. Then there's met anything that you begin to meddle because anything that looks like might disrupt you know, do what I tell you to do. And then suddenly you just have, a, if you don't do it at first, then gradually you just have a, a puppet government anyways, because yeah. you, it's never just stopping, right? Once you're, you've, you've basically got some, a country like that in your orbit, you're going to constantly, oh, well, it's to be sure we should probably base some troops here. And then, you, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, like, you know, and it's, you know, it's also, you know, exactly like you said before, it's the reason why, um, America still has bases and troops in Western Germany, in, in Germany rather. So. Yeah. And it's one of these things, like I said, I think, I really, I mean, I think that a lot of people are saying that it's it, 1922 was when the Soviet Union started and 2022 is the hundredth anniversary and Putin wants all of it back. And I've heard that said by serious people. So I, yeah. I don't know if I buy that, but I've heard that said by literally like serious geopolitical I mean, anything's- 
anything's possible, right? With human nature, <laughs> it's with, a completely unhinged wish, though, right? Because I would like it to is a hunt just because I've arbitrarily chosen because it's a hundred years ago, and I would like yeah. it return exactly yeah. like this. Like yeah. that is the basis for your decision making. All right. Yeah. Well, I wish a lot of things too. It's like I wish I had a million dollars, but I don't go out and rob a bank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like more money. Where's the nearest bank? Drive me there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So I I think that now I don't know how this is. I think the end game actually will be, I mean, supposedly there's negotiations tomorrow. I think the negotiations will be like this. You should surrender. Yeah. And I think. Or you should surrender and give us what we wanted in the first place so that we have that Black Sea access and can have a a direct connection, legal legal yeah connection to uh the crimea and uh, yeah. and we're keeping that too yeah oh, oh i think keeping the crimea is a you know yeah uh, yeah whereas i mean i think and i think the reaction from the ukrainians will be you know russian navy ship go fuck yourself yeah. <laughs> um what they won't want to have happen is a, a pause and the ukraine is flooded with more individual surface to air surface to sea yeah surface to surface disposable missile systems that i mean that's the problem you spend all these money on these tanks and these carriers and stuff and one guy can walk up and blow it to kingdom come that's right you know it's sort of that asymmetrical warfare uh can really work the defender's advantage as long as Mm-hmm. you have enough of those weapon systems flowing in and essentially turning a country into a porcupine, right? Like <laughs> there's nowhere you can have a convoy of things on the road that you're not going to get, you know, the, the front of the convoy will get hit, the back of the convoy will get hit. And then, you know, all hell will be let loose. So they can't have more of it. Like for Russia's point of view, you, even if they get that territory, like for the Ukraine to get a gazillion of those things in like, that wouldn't be good either. Like they need, no. they almost need Ukraine neutralized. Exactly. At you the know. bare minimum. Yes. And I don't think Ukraine's going to accept that. Uh, even though, I mean, who would have thought at the beginning of, of this that, well, not the beginning of this, but, but when this current president was elected, who would have thought that, you know, the world would see him, the guy who's a former stand-up comedian and actor as the strong leader and the, and the, the person who's the, you know, who heads a nuclear power, the world would see him as a, a dangerous clown. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I've heard people say it's an essence. It would be like if John Stewart became the president of the United States, <laughs> which probably wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, and it, I mean, my fear is what's going to happen is that, see, because the Russians are going to run out of these. They, people don't understand that this isn't what Western military you're dealing with. You're dealing with, and this isn't a military that's had a lot of experience doing ground combat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you send in any Western military because of all these years in Afghanistan, they've been, there's veterans everywhere they have been in, they've fought and they aren't conscripts. Whereas a lot of these guys are, con, you know, 19, 18 year old conscripts, which they aren't supposed to be there actually under Russian law. They're not allowed to be in a combat yeah. zone, but, but yeah. you know, Russian law is whatever Putin says. Well, that's what uh, makes me wonder when I hear them, the, the people are purportedly captured Russians. So they're just members saying, Oh, I, didn't know what we were doing. Like, like, like there's this uniform story of, I did not know I was going to the Ukraine. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just, they were all told to say that, or like the conscripts really did not know that that's what they were doing. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it may be. And I, which wouldn't make for a really good, like combat force. <laughs> no. Like, like if you don't tell 
if that's true and all these guys didn't know they were about to get into a firefight, like, yeah, they wouldn't exactly be primed for a well, fight. They, I think if they're told anything, they're told either training, yeah. they're going to go training or they're going to go be peacekeepers. They're going to um, go train, except these guys are going to fire live rounds back at you and yeah. not miss. Yeah. And, and the thing that, you know, and this, this has happened before I've, I've, I know that Russian soldiers were often told when they were going to Afghanistan, they were going to fight Americans. Yeah. And they'd look around going, I don't think these Mujahideen guys are American. They don't look American. There's no way that guy's name is Steve. Uh, <laughs> you know, the guy who just shot down the, the hind helicopter I was in with an RPG. I don't think his name was Eddie. Um, you know, so this is something that they have done in the past is, is basically lied to soldiers. Yeah. They, so it's not a Western military. They don't have the coordination that we have here and, of, of, and control of the battle space with technology. They just don't have it. Um, and I'm just curious because you yeah. think, I mean, they had the experience of fighting like in Chechnya, right? And like yes. the West didn't intervene, couldn't intervene, whatever. Yes. This is, and then uh, Crimea. No shots fired in Crimea, though, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 And those were all special uh, forces guys. They weren't these these guys. Yeah. 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 It's just that, like, if NATO's not going to interfere, you'd think they, you know, it's not like Russians are bad with computers or anything. They're no. quite good with computers yeah. and advanced mathematics and stuff yeah, like that. That's, and, and that's part and, of their thing. Yeah. And create really excellent aircraft and, yeah. and stuff. So you think, and I've seen uh, what purports to be like, Russian, not Russian troops, but the evidence of Russian troops putting like, you know, RFID tags and stuff on things to help direct yeah. so they can know where they're going even at night. Oh, yeah. So I don't know why they wouldn't be good at sort of real time monitoring control of the battle yeah. space. I, I don't know either, but this is something that I've heard on a number of occasions that, you know, you compare it to what we have here in the West, which is you know, a guy can pull up a, or a woman can pull up a, ta yeah. a tablet and just see everything yeah. and where you're supposed to go and who's there and who's there. Um, and the other thing is because of that, they don't have as many smart munitions. And the problem is when they start running out of smart munitions, and this is something, in fact, my, my friend, um, I'm not going to name him, uh, but mm -hmm. the guy I know in Russia, and he said, we've only got a couple of hundred of those kind of missiles. And I thought, so you said, fire oh. them all off, we're done. Yeah. And he said, you know, I, I said, well, then that's when you, you, you basically Grozny a city or Aleppo a city. Yeah. And yeah. that's the, my fear is that's that the fear is they'll just start carpet bombing it, you know, um, uh, and having no rules of engagement about civilians, um, yeah. just carpet, like a city like Kiev, uh, you know, a city of 3 million people, uh, like imagine Toronto just being leveled. Right. Yeah. Well, it reminds it, me. I shouldn't. I mean, this is tangential convergence. We try and tie in. We do. Science fiction. We do. I'm not, so I'm not making light of anything. No, we are. Watching the very horrible Book of Boba Fett, which is <laughs> brutally mediocre. And I stopped watching it. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing with this character? Yeah. Like, he was cool. And now he's clueless and everyone tells him what to do. And he <laughs> makes bad decisions. And like, like as if he hasn't doesn't know all about criminal syndicates and everything because he's like been part of all that yeah. he doesn't know how to run a crime family like anyways yes there was a cutaway where boba fett wasn't even his own show and it was the mandalorian and they referenced the destruction of mandalore and i always thought that had been oh yeah they like sort of you know they bombed the planet but people still live there and what they showed was the actual 
it's like glassing of the planet like it was you know mm. and it was like that kind of well we can't dig these people out so we're just gonna glass the planet from orbit i thought that's a pretty dark take for a disney show <laughs> no it is <laughs> it's like and, uh, they just yes. you know yeah. turn the whole surface of mandalore into an, an unlivable like killed billions of people i mean this is the same you know it's so weird. It's just, it's a children's show with space wizards, except you have Death Stars that destroy entire planets. I know. Billions of lives suddenly cried out and were silenced. And I think, I wonder if that's what ha- has happened all to all the Russian bots on Twitter. Suddenly a million Russian bots cried out and all was silent. But yeah, yeah, it was, it was dark, dark. I mean, up, again, I guess it's always been there in Star Wars. It was like, oh, oh yeah. it has. The, yeah. the first movie was about a, a, a weapon of mass destruction. Yeah. Right. And so was the third one. So episode four, episode six. Well, and then in Rogue One. Yes. They used it to just use a small burst on Jedi and like destroy the surface without destroying the whole planet. Yeah. And they even used it on their own, on Scarif, on their own installation, you know, in a desperate attempt to stop the communication with death. Oh, and, planets. you know, the Empire are Nazis. I mean, oh yeah, they're storm, very clearly. You got stormtroopers. I mean, and, and when it when it's reimagined, uh, yeah. rebooted, whatever you want to call it, they even have like black, white, and red flags. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> oh, they're Nazis, yeah. folks. Uh, Fascist you know. power colors out. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the yeah. the the styled uniforms. Oh, it's perfect. No, it, I mean, anybody who doesn't get the idea that they're the bad guys doesn't realize that George Lucas was hitting you over the head with the fact that the Nazis. Yeah, the name Stormtrooper should be kind of a first hint. That's right. Um, but yeah, I you know, and there's this, and this is one of the things that you know, that's what really scares me is that maybe they do that. Yeah, maybe they do. Yeah, bring in the Death Star. Um, yeah, they launch yeah. all their cruise missiles. They just bring in all the heavy artillery and just just turn level it, it. to. Like a, a Sarajevo situation. Yeah, like like Sarajevo, yeah. exactly. Um, you know, uh, the, the the difference I think this time is that having the weapons flowing in from the west and really flowing in. Um, yeah. And I'll tell you something: Putin can talk all he wants. Even he's not stupid enough to, uh, like interdict a, sh- a shipment when it's on the other side of the border. <laughs> I don't no. think he attacked you know in Polish territory or something. No. Um, that would be crossing a red line. That's that's a red line. That that's when we all. Uh, that's when you get a built. You get a go bag and start driving. That's right. <laughs> that's when the you know the Russian Air Force ends up being permanently grounded. Yeah, I, I, everybody's Air Force. Um, yeah. I mean, I've heard people. There's a lot of speculation. I don't want to fuel it um, too much, but you know, you hear a lot of wild theories. I I just hope that. I, I hope that the people of Russia rise up. Um, the thing is, it's hard to know anything about Russian public opinion because they've lived in this closed society for so long. And there's very few of them. My friend being one of the examples of one of the few people that looks to the West, but I mean, he wants to leave. And he's, he's yeah. said to me, I, <laughs> I hate this country. And I, and I, I was born here and I, you know, he's got like a love hate relationship with where he's from. Cause he's like, I am Russian. Yeah. yeah. I hate it here. Um, well, I mean, and before, the advent of the strongman Putin when things were on more disorganized and, you know, anarchic sort of democratic experiment, unfortunately, 
you know, being in Chicago 20 years ago, that city was flooded with Russian immigrants. Like right. there were all the clean, new cleaning staff at the university that I worked at. It was like a different blonde Russian young woman who didn't speak a lick of English every week cleaning right. the archives. I'd be like, hello. <laughs> um, and she'd be like looking around and be like, um, yeah, I'll get out of your road. And then it would be someone different. Like there was just, yeah, oh. yeah. tremendous diaspora. Yeah, there really and, is. And I can't see stuff like this halting that, like which is which is a shame. I mean, I think all you're seeing the, the you know, some of the elites posting uh, pictures of Boris Nemtsov. You see people gathering there now, mm -hmm. where he was shot and assassinated in front of the Kremlin. Yep. And it's like it's like um, you know, a historical what if moment. What if Boris Nemtsov isn't shot? What if he's elected? what does russia look like seven years later yeah compared to now i know um does look any does it look any different it's sort of like makes me think of marvel's sort of what if series of, like, yeah. on, again on disney which again dark turn it's it, it dark is dark turn. it's it's funny yeah, it's it's pretty dark I, and, I, and I, I it's interesting with what disney plus has done because there's so much stuff that actually is really for adults yeah uh it's it's kind of surprising um yeah but yeah 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 i mean i, I, I like wonder a, yeah because you see Russians asking themselves that question, right? Like, like yep. that is that assassination is, uh, I know Navalny's still in like a gulag somewhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's so what, what if what it doesn't think, go yeah. that direction? Yeah. I mean, what do we have now? And the, I guess the other thing is like, if let's say this leads to the end of Putin, which I, I'm 50, 50 on that. I, I think there's like a coin flip chance that happens. Um, if they if somebody takes over that promises real reform, mm -hmm. um, not just you know on the surface kind of stuff, but the actual real like no, this is going we're going to have real freedom of expression, real rule of law, excuse me, real elections. What happens? I wonder, you know, because things can be very volatile, and as we saw in in the early nineteen nineties with in Russia, where you had you know the Communist Party fall apart. Um, yeah. and where you had, uh, things like that. And now you see something that you think like, it's very hard to know what would be next. Who would have thought in 1991, when, when Canada being the first country to recognize the independence of Ukraine, um, who would have thought that 30 years later, it would be this vibrant Western looking, when I say Western looking, looking towards the West, I mean, not like they look like us, but they, I guess they kind of do. Um, Western looking democracy, mm -hmm. liberal democracy. I, I never would have thought that. Yeah, I mean. It's wild, right? It's it's one of those places, though, that it's like historically never yeah. gets a chance, right? Like someone's always invading and taking it. I mean, it's a breadbasket of Eastern Europe, um, crossroads between Asia and Europe. Mm -hmm. Uh, so Poland, Ukraine, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, that whole area is this place that historically is contested by juggernauts, right? Whether it's Mongols rolling in, Russian Empire, uh, the Prussian Empire, Austrian Empire, whatever. Like there's always up for grabs and no one's, you never see the people who know they're a people and know that they historically live in a certain area, have a chance to stay uh, well, this is the direction we would like to go. And it's not always good. Like there's a lot of stuff in Poland that's very right wing and, and oh, yeah. very troubling. Yes. But you know, that 
this, there's an equal opportunity, chance that people presented with that kind of opportunity will, you know, pick a really, you know, good path. Yeah. Um, but not if everyone keeps, you know, using them as pawns. It's just. Um, no, I know. Yeah, the, uh, the archives here actually holds a tremendous amount of Ukrainian Canadian related material huh. uh, through the good offices of different faculty members mm-hmm. and community organizations. And uh, there's also the, the Canadian World War I um, uh, fund, uh, like recognition fund. It, okay. is, provides, it provides grants to people doing stuff about the internment of Ukrainian Canadians during the First World War. So we'll eventually get their archives of all those projects right. uh, here. Uh, so it's, you know, there's a huge, you know, huge diaspora of Ukrainians too looking at this saying, you know, like, you know, the different generations have, you know, there's been that golden opportunity and yeah. it's been lost. And then, you know, and that, what I hate seeing now is of course you have people fleeing for their lives in the EU's talking about maybe as, mm-hmm. million, as many as 7 million Ukrainians displaced out of a population of yeah. 40 million. 40 million it's, yeah. it's absolutely tragic. Yeah. Um, no, it is, it is tragic. Terrible. And it's awful. And I mean, I think we have a real close relationship to Ukraine and Canada, partially because, I mean, the biggest population obviously of Ukrainians is in Ukraine. The second largest population of Ukrainians outside of the first the biggest one is, is in Russia. And the third is here. Yeah. Um, and in fact, yeah. a uh, first nations chief from Alberta uh, mentioned, uh, I think it's the regional chief for all of Alberta mentioned how, when Ukrainian uh, settlers came, um, how much they cooperated with local people uh, like the local first nations people. Uh, and they found that they had a lot in common, uh, which is, was kind of a cool thing for him to say because he didn't have to say that because i don't know if you know this the the natives have gotten a pretty bad run of luck well you know they've been kind of screwed around for about 450 years yeah (laughs) i'm sure if you're aware of that yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so seeing that yeah just a little um so you know seeing that kind of thing is also i mean the whole world is is i haven't seen a whole lot of demonstrations going hey russia well except Uh, no marjorie taylor green (laughs) oh yeah or tulsi gabbard yeah, oh, she's the worst. <laughs> cool. right. She said that, was it she who said, or was it an Arizona state senator said that yeah. Trudeau was part of a satanic cabal or something like that? Oh, that was Trump the Arizona get, state. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. the one I, that's one of the people I told to, to, yeah. to go fuck this, herself. Said, yeah. Like, it's, it's just hilarious. Like, yeah. Um, I guess Trump the other day said, you know, look at Canada and all the oppression that's going on there. I'm like, ninety <laughs> percent yeah. of truckers vaccinated, yeah, conducting their business. Like, and I know, as soon, and as, soon as the emergency was over, they lifted yeah. the act. It was done. Like, the Senate didn't even have a. Ch- the Senate, which so everyone knows, doesn't isn't really that important in Canada, despite what some people think. Yeah. Um, you know, it does. It acts as the second sober house of, yes. of reflection and review but like they're appointees like they don't buck the status quo no they hardly ever turn anything back to the house of commons because then that would be um uh they would not be acting in the interests of uh, our democratically elected representatives who have voted mm-hmm. a certain way mm-hmm. so they didn't even get a chance to vote on it because the thing was terminated they talked they debated it yeah and then it was like yeah we're just this is done. So yeah, it's done now. We don't need these. Yeah, we don't, you don't even need to vote on it because it's 
it's not even a thing anymore. Like, yeah. And I mean, by doing, by using that law, there also has to be a public yeah. inquiry 60 days after. Yeah. So that, the know, whole thing will get investigated yeah. and they, you know, and there could be bad things for the sure. government, but it'll be, everything will get disclosed. I'm sure there's a lot of, I was appalled at the amount of American money flowing into that. Like, yes, it was like, weird. Go burn your own country down, please. And thank you. Yeah. Yeah, like, don't you geez. have better things to don't, do? Don't you have other than to like mess around? But I, I don't know. No, that's, I don't know. No, and I'll tell you something: the stark difference between people actually fighting for real freedom and yeah. um, a bunch of Nazi racists. Uh, these things were never about mask mandates. They were trying to overthrow a democratically elected government. Re- go yeah. read their quote MOU. Yeah, um, they're going to bring to the governor general and the yeah. senate. Why it's like why won't the, the prime the prime minister just has to meet with us? The prime minister meets with your democratically elected representatives. Why don't you go run for office? Yeah. You also, knob. you're carrying signs that say fuck Trudeau. Why would he want to meet with you? You know, like, <laughs> like I can't just roll up to Ottawa and demand an audience with the prime minister. You can, you won't get I can. One. I will I'll just be a a giant idiot, especially yeah. if I showed up with an MOU that said I would want the governor general and the Senate to proclaim new leadership. Like, oh my God. Or you were complaining about your Second Amendment rights or your First Amendment rights. Like, do you know, have we failed you so horribly in educating you that you do not know that these are things and you are quoting from American laws? Yeah. Like, I just, it just makes me want to like pull the covers over my head and think, like, Seriously. So, uh, well, I like when, uh, what's, what's her name? How do you pronounce her last name? L-I-C-H. Leach. Leach. Okay. Tamara Leach. Yeah. Her, her husband, husband, her husband yeah. said he was exercising his first amendment rights and the, the judge went, what are those? Yeah. What, what first amendment rights are those? Oh, I don't know much about politics. And yet here you are doing politics, yeah. right? You don't know much about through a lot illegal, of things. Through an illegal occupation. <laughs> Of the yeah. nation's, of the center of the nation's capital, but you don't know much about politics. No, clearly, don't, don't know much about politics. But uh, yeah, I mean, so somebody, somebody on Twitter when it first started said, "Can't people just dislike Justin Trudeau politely?" <laughs> like, like I don't, I didn't like Stephen Harper very much. Yeah, I agreed with like maybe three things he ever did, and one of them was getting rid of the penny. So it's these are pretty low level things. I agree with him sticking up for Canadian sovereignty in in the Arctic against. No. I agree with that. The, US, uh, the Russians and the U.S. So yeah, I they, agree with that. that was uh, and I actually agreed with the intervention in Syria um, and Iraq I, against ISIS. I was completely right. behind that. Um, but everything else, I thought was stupid. But when that page held, a Senate page held up the sign that said, stop Harper, I thought that was inappropriate, wrong. Was. She, because that's not how you do things. The system um, only works. Like The only way we prevent political violence is participating in the political system yeah. and exercising your franchise yeah. and running for office if that vote isn't working out for you or whatever. And like, yeah. hey, maybe if most people don't agree with you, maybe you're, you're not going to get your way. <laughs> Just like there's a bunch of things I would like, yeah. probably that not everyone would agree with. Yeah. And I just I'm have, I have to be content with, I do not have enough support get everything i would every last little thing i want uh, in my life and i know one of the things you'd like would be a big just a big, big jars of kidneys just ready to go that's right yeah De- to, ready to decant <laughs> i would like all research to be funded into 
uh, uh, kidney uh, grow, growing your own kidney from your own cells yeah. and nothing else. Yeah. Plant, plant-based kidneys, you know, that's right. <laughs> and I mean, I, well, and it, this is, you know, and this is probably a good way to wrap this up. I, I think that, and it's the same thing with, with what's with the international order, the international order works. And it worked for all those years of the Cold War, even though it wasn't perfect. And we yeah. had Afghanistan and we had Czechoslovakia and we had Hungary yeah. and we had yeah. Central America and we had Vietnam. We've got but Tibet, th- we've got. And Tibet. Yeah. <laughs> but we've also, for the most part, we had an understanding that there was certain shit you just didn't do. <laughs> and everybody got that, be they the, the Soviets, the Americans. Uh, the, the, the Chinese, and you know, think about the Suez Crisis when the French and the British went in with the Israelis. The Americans said, "You can't just—that's not a thing you can do." Yeah, you can't get—you don't get to play that game anymore. Yeah, this not is that, not that all great powers don't play those games all of the time. Like it's—you know—it's sort of like the bare minimum requirement. Oh yeah, uh, of, of, of at least having that understanding, and and it's not like great powers don't get up to all sorts of other atrocious acts because they do but yeah there's so a veneer of control over the internet and, and there system. are certain things that people just wouldn't do that's yeah and that to me is the the big that was what was supposed to happen with the un that was what was supposed to happen when when george w bush talked about the new world order and stood there and said this aggression will not stand it will not stand yeah. um uh Anyway, that, that, that moment is actually very chilling in a, in a, it's a weird one because he's handed a memo when he comes off, uh, off uh, Marine one and he reads yeah. it and he's like, Oh, that's happened. This will not stand. <laughs> oh. oh, you know? Uh, okay. But uh, so if you want to learn more about that, watch the uh, CNN documentary series, the nineties, the episode about mm-hmm. uh, the, it's, it's really quite incredible. Um, on oh, that note, I had one last, yeah. oh, I please, had one go last ahead. thought. Yeah, yeah. I because we had been texting about whether or not the ghost of Kiev was a, a real thing or not, and then the yes. footage was revealed to be from a simulator. Although I'm seeing tweets today of like a, purportedly a Ukrainian pilot with a thumbs up saying this is the real deal, and he shot down like there was one of those things was from DCS from, was from Digital Combat yeah, Simulator. Yeah. The, the, yeah. But there's there's one that I don't think is because there's one where the guys where he's going basically straight up. Yeah. Um, I don't think, I think, and, and you uh, playing get, uh, looks like an SU 35 gets shot down. The one where the guy just goes over, I think that one might be still real, but yeah, DC, P- yeah. DCS looks really good and people look at- it looks phenomenal. I was, but it made me think immediately while well, I was saying like, you know, people need rallying points, right? They need heroes, yeah. need symbols. It made me just pop to mind. Have you seen the edge of tomorrow with Emily Blunt and Tom mm-hmm. Cruise mm-hmm. Yeah. and she's the angel of Verdun. Yeah, she's like their symbol, and they're losing the war, basically against the mimics taking over the world. Yes, made me made me think of that. I'm sure there's all sorts of other great. There's probably sci-fi stuff. and historical. Well, uh, that kind of. Well, I'm thinking the the Finnish sniper. Yeah, the White Death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When there's Finland, such a small country, where are we going to bury all these dead Russians? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, and and uh, I don't know if you saw that, but the when 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 the Russians um, threatened, what was that when the Russians threatened uh, <laughs> Finland about joining NATO, uh, if they wanted to join NATO, uh, the uh, some official Finnish government uh, outlet on Twitter posted that guy with with that quote, and also posted a captcha 
like a picture capture, right. which was all just pictures of trees. And it says, <laughs> which one of these contains a, a finished sniper? And they were all, all collect. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So Finland's winning the meme game as far as the uh, yeah, well, other. They, other... <laughs> they got a solid meme going, game <laughs> yeah, going on. They do. They do. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything you want to, want to plug Ken? Uh, no, not really. I just, I just, I don't know. I'm, you know, we're looking at opening, uh, everything wide open at the library next week. And I just, oh, good. Have fun. It, yeah. Yeah. I know. I've got an extra supply of N95s and the university is deployed. I have so everyone. many N95s. I, I think we have 300 of them for the three of us. I'm, just, I'm looking over literally at the pile of them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, same boat. What was concerning for me is, I mean, we've had a good, track record of think keeping people safe sure. was like the day after the Pollyanna we're going to open up everything in March and masks could soon go away the day after the transplant clinic called me and said if you haven't had your first shot we'll schedule one for you this week oh my <laughs> it's just like the other time when I got my third shot and we right. were doing a reopening so right I got my fingers crossed for everyone well, let's hope that, it works out uh, we're going to be okay. Uh, we're keeping our mask mandate, but not checking that uh, and, and vaccine mandate, but we're not checking anything anymore. So that should. We will stop checking. We have a secure, let's call it a secure app. It's just because if we, if we get all the numbers back, we think it's tens of thousands of people going through the libraries. Like there's just either you check or you don't. And yeah. what you would do if we start checking is we'll have these huge lines where we have people congregating together. So yeah. vaccine mandate will stay in place. The mask mandate's in place. Same. Uh, yep. Technically speaking, you should, everyone should uh, use our secure app or the government uh, tool to screen mm -hmm. before they come in, but mm -hmm. no one, there's just no way to check without a no. huge checking infrastructure, basically. Yep. Well, we'll see how it happens. Same, same yeah. thing here. And uh, yeah. let's see. You can follow Ken on Twitter at Ken Herndon. You can follow me at yep. Broadback. And you can listen to podcasts that I do. Feel free. I don't know. Look them up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on that note, let's hope. Let's let's do these more often. Yes. We say absolutely. this all the time, but we should just do these more yeah. often. We should just schedule them. Yeah, we should. We'll get a schedule going. and We'll start doing that. Do we, do yeah. we, we always say it. We're going to start doing it. If there is an outcry of public opinion. Um, because <laughs> we are slaves to the public. Uh, I thought when we go out, I would play something from last night's SNL, uh, which was the oh yes, uh, the uh, Ukrainian chorus of New York uh, singing "Prayer to Ukraine." Yes, and uh, that was incredible. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, it was Saturday night, so I'd had a couple of drinks, but I'll say I was watching it, and I literally <laughs> stood up at attention like I was listening to somebody's national anthem. It was a very moving thing. Yeah. Uh, so I'll play that on the way out. Uh, and awesome. Hopefully we will talk again very soon. Thanks, Matt. Perfect. Ladies Thanks. and gentlemen, the Ukrainian chorus Dumka of New York.
Live from New York, it's Saturday night.